Business, the blog and podcast for game changers and innovators in the construction industry. Hello and welcome to episode 52 of the AEC Business Podcast. I'm your host Arni Heiskanen and my guest is Barry Giles, CEO of Bream USA. Great to have you on the show, Barry. Well, thank you and uh, we're so pleased to be here. Thank you so much for the invite. Yes, it's it's my pleasure. Well, before we start, can you say a few words about yourself? Well, thank you. And uh, as most people here, I have an English accent, though I'm speaking to you from California. Um, we have been in the business of uh, green building sustainability uh, for some 10 years, though my background is in building construction in Europe. Uh, and followed that up when I moved to America by moving into uh, facilities, operations of buildings. Very lucky to start at the Monterey Bay Aquarium down in Monterey on the facilities team and then moved into other facilities for positions, learning, learning not just a new language, believe it or not, we are definitely two countries separated by a common language but learning about buildings operations here in the US and the way buildings are run and operated and financed and that has been a, a great background in terms of understanding uh, the, the, the problems that people are having with getting buildings up to a high standard what we would class as being high performance. So over the years uh, I was very lucky to be at the beginning of the U.S. Green Building Council's programs and uh, was on the team that designed and helped build up lead for existing buildings uh, about year 2001 and managed to get the fifth building into the program and through the program at a gold level without spending a single dollar on the structure of the building. So very much it was an understanding of what is going on in the building in terms of operations. And then some two, about 10 years ago, uh, created Building Wise LLC, a consulting company, and uh, restricted ourselves primarily just to existing buildings. Though we know so much in the green program is being operated through new construction, uh, Building Wise really put the blinkers on and made absolutely certain we were looking at existing buildings and the way that existing buildings were run. And uh, I have a little saying which is, uh, you can design and build the greenest building in the world, but if you don't operate it that way, it's a serious waste of resources. And really what we've tried to do these last 10 years is to focus on the hard work that's done by facilities crews, uh, by finance crews who are looking to improve their asset and to make certain that we got the buildings better run. Two years ago we were approached by the building research establishment and from that created Bream USA. So that's sort of a potted history of the background. Thank you very much. Yeah, very interesting and uh, gives a good background for, for my next question, which is what is Bream and, and what is Bream USA? Well, Bream, the, the acronym, and um, we, we have a bit of a laugh when people say, well, it's spelled B-R-E-E-A-M, so is that Bream or is that Bream? And to be honest with you right now, 
I don't care what you call it as long as you use it. <laughs> and I think that's the easiest way to say it. But the acronym actually stands for Building Research Establishment Environment Assessment Method. And it was created by the BRE group, the Building Research Establishment, uh, back some 20, 25 years ago as a methodology uh, by which uh, buildings in that, at that time, residential buildings, domestic buildings, could be assessed for their energy and environmental performance. And it was created under a government contract, because at that time BRE were a government entity, uh, to improve building stock in Britain and then out into Europe. So over the years, uh, the Bream program has ended up being the grandfather of every single green building rating system in the world. Some have cloned it and made use of it in its original format. Others have taken the initial idea and created something new. And the example for America is LEED, US Green Building Council's LEED program, where David Gottfried and Rob Watson and Mike Italiano got together and created the LEED program. And it was, uh, if you read David's books, his autobiographies, uh, uh, you will find that uh, uh, Bream is mentioned several times there as being uh, the example that David wanted to try and emulate when he created the LEED program. So uh, Bream USA was created by us um, and was launched uh, May, uh, June 8th, I apologize, June 8th of this year. Um, it's based on the international version, Bream International, but again, because of our background in existing buildings, we decided to only use the Bream in Use program, which is entirely connected with commercial uh, existing buildings, and so therefore we created Bream USA in Use as the vehicle to roll out the Bream brand here in the U.S., so it has a huge background across the world. Um, some three million, to, uh, nearly three million buildings have registered in to use the program worldwide, the Bream program, and about five hundred thousand of those has been certified. So it has a huge background of data and information. What we've done is to take the Bream internationally in use program and adapt it for the American market, and by adaption. Um, that is associated with moving uh, metric measurements to feet and square inches and etc. And uh, Americanizing the language as, as far as is possible. Um, not an easy task, I do assure you. I can imagine that. Well, um, you, you already mentioned that you are uh, using it for uh, existing uh, buildings. Um, but yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah, um, so. It's it used for commercial buildings. Yes. It, and it can be for any size of building, any age, uh, any configuration. In, in, in fact, it might be easier to say the buildings that we don't work in are residential and we don't work in apartment complexes. Um, otherwise, any commercial building, office, in light industrial, hotels, um, data centers, um, in, a, a whole list there that it could be used um, to, uh, to bring the program into use. Why should you uh, actually use a sustainability rating system in the first place? What, what are the benefits of, of that idea? 
I think that's that's an excellent question, and I think as all your listeners will know that you know there's there's many rating systems out there or methodologies of of uh, understanding how uh, green sustainable or shall we just use the collective term high performance buildings are we can we can look at energy packages we can look at uh, we can look at, um, at waste diversion we can look at indoor air quality. Um, but it's nice to be able to get with a package uh, that actually includes all this, all this in one single go, and understand the interactions between each of those. Uh, and then a good example of that may well be that uh, we want the indoor quality, air quality, be to be as perfect as absolutely possible um, to keep everybody healthy in the building and unfortunately as a byproduct to keep them working as hard as possible um, but certainly to do that we may well have to do that by expending more money by uh, improving the airflow by speeding up the fans by bringing in more fresh air from outside for example and, and a big example of that is if we wanted to bring in a hundred percent fresh air into the building uh, we, we would obviously if we were somewhere like let's say uh, Montana in the winter uh, where the air temperature you know is you know could be minus 20 minus 30 uh, or, or conversely bringing in a hundred percent fresh air in at New Orleans for example in the summer where the humidity you know can top a hundred percent and the temperature can be you know 80 90 um, the amount of energy that would go into converting those two airstreams into indoor air quality would be quite expensive so we wouldn't really want to look at either indoor air quality on its own or energy on its own without realizing that there is an interaction between those so to take to expand on that and to extrapolate from that using a standardized methodology for um, as a rating system and, and would then give us a whole smorgasbord of opportunities to be able to work in the building, interactions between those, to be able to then score our buildings in terms of how we understand our buildings are performing against our peers, against a uh, standardized good quality building or against other buildings within the program so using a standardized methodology which encompasses all those is a is a great idea yes um, you already mentioned lead and uh, but uh, how is bream different what, what's the difference uh, why why do we need to have uh, bream uh, isn't lead enough that's a, that's a great question and obviously we're, we're huge lead exponents in the marketplace. Building Wise is completed, I don't know, 140, 150 certifications in existing buildings over the last uh, 10 years. We've, we've done multiple um, lead existing building certifications and recertifications in some of the top buildings up here on the west coast. And, Many of your listeners will know the icon building, the Trans-America Pyramid, which is in downtown San Francisco. We're currently on our, I think it's our fourth certification in that building in the last 10 years. The ownership has 
pushed hard to make the building work as possible as best it possibly can. But when we start looking at LEED, we've got to realize that LEED has done an absolutely fantastic job um, bringing green and sustainability to the new construction market. You, you can't go anywhere in the US, well, pretty well anywhere, but let's just say for the verbiage that it's, it's anywhere in the US, without finding some federal, state, or local requirement that has that a new building will de be designed to lead standards. And, and that can be all sort of lead standards from you must have it certified to a minimum of gold to, well, just do the lead program, you don't have to certify it. So a whole spectrum of results are possible in the new construction market. But when it comes to existing buildings, we've struggled. We were struggling back in 2000, the mid-2000s. We were struggling in 2008. We updated the program, rewrote it. Uh, a year later, it was rebuilt again in what's now known as version 3, 2009. And each time the versions change, um, version 1, version 2, version 3, and now um, your re listeners will know very well we're heading towards version 4 which becomes mandatory 1st of October 2016 um, the requirements for LEED are getting pretty strong and for existing buildings they're getting very strong LEED has always followed the premise that a building should already be um, as, uh, as as energy efficient as possible it should be already uh, undertaking many of the things that are possible uh, to prove the building works well for example indoor air quality uh, it has to have a minimum energy star rating energy star is the american methodology for assessing energy op energy costs and operations in standardized american buildings commercial buildings and Consequently, um, LEED is EB is becoming harder and harder to enact, to get started in buildings. Um, we're, whilst we have a fantastic clientele uh, who are constantly working with us, and we, we have contracts running with them, you know, three, four, five years down the road, getting new buildings or um, not brand new buildings, of course, but I just mean buildings that have never been certified before into the program is hard work. Bream in use, Bream for existing buildings, if you like, Bream in use doesn't have prerequisites. LEED has its prerequisites, its energy star, its indoor air quality, its energy analysis, but Bream has, doesn't have that. We like to call it we're democratizing the entry point because what we want to do is to make sure that any building of any energy consumption, uh, of any occupancy, of any age, of any configuration can make a start, get into the program, understand where they are now by being able to complete the online program, the online questionnaire, and get themselves an unverified result that they can feel confident reflects on their building at that time. And that's the reason for bringing Bream here. We want to be able to give all buildings, not just the high-end class A's, but also 
the good class Bs, the mediocre class Bs, the good class Cs, the mediocre class Cs, every class of commercial building, an opportunity to be able to understand where they are now, to benchmark their buildings. But maybe some of our listeners already got interested. So what are the practical steps uh, that they should take to, to implement BREAM? Well, as I said to you earlier on, we were very much uh, trying to get the program rolled out here. We launched on June 8th, uh, August 1st. We had the uh, technical manual available to the marketplace. It's for free download on our website, bremusa.com. Uh, you have an opportunity to download it. So, a 500-page document, so please, at the last resort, go and print it. Please do read it online, Stuart. <laughs> Um, once that's you're satisfied that you understand, uh, you know that the ins and outs of the program, um, good bedtime reading, I assure you. Uh, October the first, the whole program will be available online. Now, what that means is that a building can log on, it can put its building's details in, it can pay one thousand dollars, and will be able to access the online questionnaire. That is a three-part questionnaire that uh, the building user, the owner, uh, can fill in the details and each part has a specific uh, focus point. So part one deals with the asset and that is the, how old the building is, where it's built, what its construction methodology is, how much glazing there is on the building, that type of thing. Part two deals with the operations of the building, how much energy you're using, how much water you're using, etc. The, the, the real nuts and bolts of operating a building. And third part, part three, and this is pretty revolutionary, deals with the tenant, with the occupier of the building. This is an opportunity for a user of a building, a, a renter, a leaser, a leasee, whoever that might be, to uh, get a score, an unverified score, in their own right. So, for example, somebody who is a single tenant in a, in a quarter of a million square foot building doesn't have to wait for the building owner or the building operations team to decide that they're going to get a rating system. They, they, can, they can start this entirely on their own. And they can fill in three and get a score based on... Uh, what they are doing in their spaces. Now, let's you know put a caveat to that. Obviously, if you're a single tenant in a building, that's great. If you happen to um, lease a floor in a quarter of a million square foot building, yeah, well, you could do the same thing. But you could do it even if you're a, um, a tenant in a small office space, say 2,000 square feet on a on one floor in a quarter of a million square foot building. Mm. Now, of course, the result, the unverified score from the result doesn't really reflect what's going on in the whole of the building. And in those cases, really what we try to do is say to the building tenant, you know, really, you need to really try and get the building operator to do part two, because that's going to give you a, a good viewpoint on really how the building is being operated. But each of those parts are available. They're not $1,000 each, it's $1,000 for the total, the parts one, two, and three, and that gets a, an unverified score. Now, you can get in and out of that score sheet as many times as you like for a year. Uh, 
Uh, you can go in every single day. You can answer some questions. You can you can go and check on your answers. You could you can do what you wish. You can get in and out. You can see how your score changes because it's in real time. So each of the nine categories you can get into and see a score for the category, how your energy star score, sorry, your energy score works, how your pollution, your health and well-being. And then any time during that year or at the end of the year, you can designate, you know what, I like this score, or I'd like to market the score, because I can't market it when it's unverified. Mm. I'm going to get that score certified, and at that point, you bring in an independent, a fully qualified, certified and a, a assessor who is going to go through that score sheet with you and check your evidence that you have put the right answers into the score sheet. The assessor's job is to do that work with you, walk the building, see all the things that you've said are right there, and then give you, once they've had their work, the assessor's work has been quality control, to, to issue you the certificate. So at that point, you'll have a verified score that you can then use in marketing. So you think that any user or owner can can do the first step without consultant having consultants to do it, <laughs> or? Well, it's that I, well, I'd like to see them give it at least give it a go. Yes, I mean, yes, of course they can hire a consultant to come in, and <clears throat> obviously we want to make make us much work for the existing consultants that are out in the marketplace. There, we don't want to say you know, a consultant can't come in to do this work. I mean, obviously we'd like to see the ownerships do them or the tenant do them because we feel, you know, you should have an understanding of what's going on in your building, not just, you know, pass the can off to somebody else. So really we, we would like to see the ownerships do it. And of course it, for some buildings that's going to be important because they want to keep their consultancy costs lower. Mm. You know, and filling in the questionnaire themselves is an ideal way of doing that especially as they fill it in, each of the questions has graded answers which give you a higher or lower score depending on where you click the answer. But it, you can see in real time where your next step should be in improving the building. You, you, you don't have to have a, a consultant leaning over your shoulder and telling you, well, you know, if you change the lighting to this, this and this you know, um, you, you get a better score. You'll be able to see what those changes could be in the building to improve your score, but also to improve your environmental impact. And I think that's what's so good about the Bremen News program is that interaction in real time so that you can see an answer. And if you've got multiple buildings in a program, like you're an international investor, for example, then you'll be able to see those interactions across your portfolio in real time. So not only can you see the answer, but you can see the category result across the borders. You can see the, the final result across the borders. And that's the most important thing that we think will really impact the international market where international investors will have this opportunity to see their buildings in glorious detail um, and see how they're, they're managing their buildings in Finland, Sweden, London, China and America exactly in the same set of questionnaires that, that are able for, to be viewed. Yes. Um, well, you already 
talked about your plans for this year, but what about the, let's say, a couple of years ahead? What, what are your plans for the future? Uh, first of all, we want to get the, the Bream in Use program established. We want to bring in to the fold um, as a, uh, the, the, the users themselves, that's the building owners and the, the operations team. We're doing a lot of work with IFMA, um, who are being stalwart supporters of us because obviously this is facilities work, which, you know, their, their teams um, need to get the kudos they deserve. So we're looking forward to working closely with IFMA and their teams. But I'm also looking at the consultants who are already in the field, uh, those consultants like myself who are lead AP O&Ms who want to see another product in the marketplace that is uh, easy for them to use and, and they can, it's not much of a step for them to take with their existing clientele which have already turned down lead EB because of the costs, the paperwork and the time but also those buildings that they know won't get into lead because of the fact they've they've got a struggling with their energy star score etc so the establishment of that is going to be very important for us to to support those um, groups who are out there and we're doing that multifaceted by uh, being available to answer questions and technical questions we're going to start doing a quarterly um, uh, go-to meeting where it'll be an open open mic sort of thing where we'll have lots of questions that have come through that we'll be answering live for people. As we look further down the road, um, really, you know, I, our ad marketing piece has always been there's 5.6 million existing buildings in the U.S. Um, that are our target market, and I, I think everybody knows that's tongue in cheek. Mm. Um, you know, there's an absolutely no way we're going to, Bream is going to be able to do 5.6 million buildings. That's not practical. But certainly, I think that's a huge target market. And, you know, even if we just took 10% of that 560,000 buildings, that's a good possibility to be doing over the next, you know, five to 10 years. But it's not something we want to do on our own. Uh, Building-wise is still pushing hard with LEED EB. We will continue to do that. And we want to work closely with LEED. We also want to work closely with Green Globes. Because even if we just took 10% of that 5.6 million buildings, you know, half a million buildings out there, we are going to need everybody to man the pumps to get this moving forward. Because our impacts on climate change and energy consumption and water consumption and indoor air quality, the whole plethora that each of these three rating systems operate with, everything from waste right through to indoor air quality to what you purchase in a building, we've got to work together. And the result of that should be data out into the marketplace so that even those buildings that don't wish to partake in LEED, Green Globes or Breen will have the opportunity of seeing in the marketplace what works best, what helps them in terms of lowering their operations costs, <clears throat> what helps them improve their, uh, their value of their buildings, and they should be then be able to, to at least make the first steps forward to improving their buildings and, and, and bringing them up to where their peers are. Because as the market turns over, 
and uh, as we get these booms and busts, which we always get in the commercial field, you know, as we slide gently into a into a lower um, uh, market uh, valuation, it'll be those buildings who can prove that they're doing the best for their tenants, that they're doing best for their local environment, their commercially driven environment, that are going to be able to stand out. And, and they should be able to do that with Bream, with uh, Green Globes, and with, with LEED. Um, not that they're going to be picking one of those as the only one, but they should would be able to do it with any of them. Yes, that was uh, a, a great uh, conclusion to our interview. And uh, and you already mentioned that uh, our listeners can find more information at bremusa.com. So please, and I, I will naturally include the link in the show notes as well. Thank you, Barry. It was great to talk talk to you uh, to you and all the best to your work well thank you so much and thank you everybody for listening